You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Takes, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we are on YouTube. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts. Everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Please hit that subscribe button. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since the last podcast. Had a lot of work stuff going on. And you guys, it's exciting times right now. The NBA playoffs are almost here. The Lakers are not going to make it. going to talk all sorts of stuff about that. National championship in college basketball is tonight. Um, Coach K goes out. His last home game is a loss to rival North Carolina. His last overall game of his entire career is a loss to rival North Carolina in the Final Four. Um, I mean, he's a legend, but that was some legendary, legendary stuff to see him go out like that to the Tar Heels. Um, I'm a Tar Heel fan more than I am a Duke fan. You kind of got to pick one or the other, right? It's like the Yankees and the Red Sox. You can't like both of them. You got to pick one. Um, Michigan, Ohio State, you got to pick one. And with Duke, North Carolina, I pick North Carolina. Always have. Um, and so Coach K is a legend. Greatest college basketball coach of all time, or at least one of them. I'm not going to say he's a surefire goat, you know, because you do have guys like John Wooden uh, that could uh, definitely – you know, have a good claim there on that title, but he's definitely one of them. One of the greatest coaches the college college basketball has ever seen. Um, but I, uh, I gotta be honest, I kind of wanted him to lose to North Carolina. I just thought that'd be such an epic way for him to go out and it happened and it was kind of fun to watch. It was a fantastic game, like an instant classic kind of game. Um, but anyway, so yeah, lots going on. The Masters coming up this weekend. I love the Masters. Um, I love big tennis tournaments, big golf tournaments. Um, I don't really follow golf or tennis super closely other than the four majors. Obviously, the Masters is like the tournament for golf, and so it's one that I definitely get into. Tiger Woods is going to play. Um, if you're not rooting for Tiger Woods, then I get confused uh, as to why <laughs> because he's just so fun to, to cheer for. Despite all of his ups and downs off the golf course, all of his extracurricular activity in his personal life, um, pretty pretty wild and awful stuff, some of it. Um, despite all of that, when it comes to golf, strictly just the game of golf, he makes me want to watch more. I watch more golf if Tiger's playing, period. And everybody does. The ratings are astronomically higher because of him. So that'll be fun to watch, see what kind of chance he has. But... Let's talk real quick about the NBA. Um, LeBron James and the Lakers lost again last night. LeBron sat out uh, load management of some sort. I saw a tweet by Colin Cowherd um, saying, you know, it's 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 just crazy how much the stars sit out now in the NBA. It's just become the norm. They just sit out at least 10 to 20% of the games, all of them. Um, no, not all of them, but the vast majority of them are going to sit out 10 or so games every season just because. That never used to be the case. Never. It is now. So I think they need to condense the regular season. The playoffs, the NBA playoffs are tough to beat. It's one of the greatest things in all of sports, the NBA playoffs are. So I love when we get to that point. Let's just do more stuff that kind of gets us to there, you know? So they've talked about a midseason tournament. They've talked about a, a, 
beginning of season tournament, different things. Um, I think the play-in game is kind of a fun addition. I think it's worked out really well. Uh, because if you can't get out of the play-in, did you didn't really deserve to be in the playoffs anyway. The way it's set up, you get home games. You only have to win one game if you're the seven or the eight. Um, it's just it's just set up really really nicely. If you're the seven or the eight, you're the seven. You get a home game, and you just have to win that one game. If you're the eight, and you win on the road. You're in. If you lose, you get another home game. If you're the seven, and if you're the eight, then you get a home game against the winner of the nine ten. And so you just have to win one of two games if you're the seven or the eight. It's not hard. If you're the nine or the ten, you have to win two in a row, one of which will be on the road. Um, so to me, it's a very fair setup. And if you're down that far, if you're outside of the top six seeds, there is a lot there where it's like, yeah, these are all kind of like interchangeable, you know. And so let's just see who's hottest right now, who's the best right now to go in and you know make it interesting for these other teams. I like it. Um, the Lakers are not even going to make that. They are currently two games out of the play-in. Two games out of the play-in, and there are four games left. So the chances of the Lakers making the playoffs are like very, very slim. So the remaining schedule here, um, let me mute my computer just to make sure, just in case, there we go, um, just in case any of these videos preload and start playing. Okay, so the remaining schedule for the Lakers, let's see what it is is at Phoenix, good luck, <laughs> at Golden State, good luck, versus OKC, probably a win there, at Denver, good luck. The chances of the Lakers making the playoffs are close to 0%. They're not going to make it. They will not even make the play-in. They will not even finish as a top 10 seed in their conference, which means they will not be one of the 20 best teams in the NBA. I mean, that is absolutely unacceptable and ridiculous. There are five Hall of Fame players on that team. Five. Yes, count them. LeBron James. Duh. Anthony Davis. Duh. Russell Westbrook. Duh. Carmelo Anthony. Duh. Dwight Howard. Probably. I'd, I'd give him an 85% chance at the Hall of Fame if he retired right now. Probably closer to 95%. The guy is like a four-time defensive player of the year. Been to a finals. Um... He's he's been rebounding champ. He's got great numbers. I mean, the guy the guy was dominant for a decade. Okay, they have five future Hall of Famers on the team, and you can give me excuses or you can give me results. One or the other, you got to pick. So for all of you out there listening right now that are like, oh, but 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 uh, Russell Westbrook sucks, but but Anthony Davis was hurt. Cool, you've chosen the excuse route. Um, the results route is. They're not making the playoffs with five future Hall of Famers. Five. So if LeBron's the GOAT, if he truly makes other players better, why does everybody seem to suck more when they play with him? Why is Russell Westbrook an MVP without LeBron? Why can Russell Westbrook single-handedly drag a below-average team to the five seed in the playoffs by himself, but when teamed with LeBron James, they can't even be a top 10 seed? How is LeBron making others better? Where is he making others better? Why does everybody get worse when they play with him? Why are they all scared? I get it. Most of these guys are out of their prime. Melo, definitely out of his prime. Dwight, definitely out of his prime. Westbrook is still in his prime. LeBron, still in his prime. Anthony Davis, very much still in his prime. Those are their three best players, and they couldn't even make the playoffs. I mean, I don't care 
how bad of a fit it is with those three guys. I don't care if the chemistry isn't quite right. If you can't even make the playoffs, I mean, come on. In the NBA, like more than half the teams make the playoffs. With the play-in, it's more than two-thirds. And you're telling me that you can't be one of those teams. It's unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. So LeBron and the Lakers, LeBron and the Lakers are going to miss the playoffs, um, which is just bizarre. And then I look at like the, uh, so let's go back to the standings here. Then I look at the Eastern Conference. So that was just super weird, right? The Lakers are going to miss the playoffs entirely. Um, the back in that that same you know I guess line of thinking. Uh, the Clippers were another team that like everybody was afraid of, you know, just like, oh my gosh, are they going to be able to make it? Um, and by the way, they've got clinched play and berth. Okay. So they've clinched a play and berth. The Clippers have, um, but the, the, the Clippers are going to make the play in at least, and probably no higher than that. Um, in fact, they for sure will not get any higher than that. So they've clinched a play in birth. So those are the two teams that everyone thought were like the teams to beat in the West, the Clippers and the Lakers. But injuries, lack of chemistry, uh, you know, taking time off, load management, being divas, things like that have all led to them being really having no shot at, at a Western Conference championship. Neither one of those teams has any shot. The Lakers aren't even going to, they, they literally can't even play for it. They won't make the playoffs. And the Clippers don't really have a shot. Maybe if Kawhi and Paul George come back for the play-in, maybe they can like pull something together last minute. I kind of doubt it, though. We've seen it over and over again, where if you don't have a lot of chemistry going into the playoffs, it just doesn't matter, and you don't, you just don't have, you, people don't have the ability to just like turn it on and beat teams that have the talent and the chemistry, like the Suns or the Bucks. Um, and so the Clippers aren't going to do anything. So. So there's two teams, two super teams that are just total garbage, right? Then you go to the Eastern Conference, and the big super team there was, of course, the Nets. Well, the Nets are currently sitting in 10th, 10th place. So the Lakers are in 11th, and the Nets are in 10th. Those were the two favorites going into this season. Lakers, Nets, everybody. Lakers, Nets, Lakers, Nets, Lakers, Nets. Myself included, it was like, oh my gosh, Lakers, Nets, of course. Neither one of them even made the playoffs like truly on their own. The Nets will have to go through the play-in to make the playoffs. And the Lakers will not even make the play-in, most likely. They still have a chance, but it's like highly, highly unlikely. I'd give them less than 1% chance. So now you look at it and it's like, man, the way to go is team ball. Team ball, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Phoenix Suns, the two teams that were in the finals last year, they brought guys back. They play team ball. They don't have any one superstar who's just like head and shoulders above the other guys on his team. Giannis is a little bit, uh, you know, elevated above Chris Middleton, but they've got Chris Middleton's an all-star and they've got great players around him, tons and tons of role players around him. And then you look at the Suns. Um, did I say Chris Paul? Chris Middleton. So Chris Paul, then on the Suns, you've got Chris Paul, you've got uh, Devin Booker, you've got DeAndre Ayton. And you've got a bunch of role players that are really quality all around them. Team basketball. Guys aren't taking time off. They're playing the games. They're playing 60, 70, you know, 80 games a season. Team chemistry. Um, the opposite of what you're seeing with the Nets. Kyrie Irving sitting out half the season because of COVID stuff. James Harden demanding a trade. Kevin Durant constantly hurt. 
And then you go to the Lakers, LeBron James being a diva and caring only about his numbers and sitting out a bunch of games to protect himself um, and his ego and play only for the numbers and try and win the scoring title. Uh, Anthony Davis constantly hurt and underachieving. Russell Westbrook just can't get out of his own way and out of his own mind uh, to where he's shooting even somehow lower percentage than he typically does by at least a little bit. Turnover prone. Coach, nobody wants to coach freaking LeBron James. <laughs> They're everyone's scared to death. They're going to lose their job. Um, so these big teams are doing the opposite. You know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Oh, we're hurt. We're hurt. We're hurt. Everyone's hurt. Well, how big of a superstar are you if you're not even available to play? So team basketball is what you got to go after. And the Utah Jazz have that. You know, as a guy in Utah, big Jazz fan, the Jazz have that, but they've just struggled this year. They're they're sitting at 46 and 32. And so they've got four games left, and it's like, I really hope they can get to 50 wins because 50 wins, that's a good season. But they're in the sixth seed. Um, they've got a definite chance to climb up to as high as the four seed, but it's unlikely they'd get that high. They're probably looking at a five seed, best case scenario. Um, but four and six in their last 10, the Jazz are. And it's just, I don't understand what's going on with the Utah Jazz because they do have what it takes. I think they're lacking like true superstardom. If I'm being honest, I I used to think that Donovan Mitchell was better than uh, Devin Booker. I'm not sure I do anymore. It could be the Chris Paul effect, though. I've done podcasts on that before. Chris Paul makes everybody better. He's a guy that truly makes everybody better. Everywhere he goes, the teams outperform what they had done the previous year. Everywhere. If he leaves, they go. They get worse. And that's without other changes being made. LeBron and you know the the LeBronites make the argument that he does the same thing. Well, the problem is that normally when he leaves. So many other things change as well. So you're, you're comparing apples to oranges. With Chris Paul, it's like, well, okay, the Houston Rockets did this without him. They added him and got better. The Phoenix Suns did this without him. They added him and got significantly better. OKC did this without him and then added him, got significantly better. So there's, there's direct apples to apples comparisons with Chris Paul and really not the case with LeBron James. Um, and so I just like... I'm not sure, you know, if Devin Booker is better than Donovan Mitchell or not, but I feel like he is. I feel like right now, if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably choose Devin Booker. Just being real. Um, he's now got finals experience, too. That goes a long, long way. Um, but team basketball seems to be what's winning it. So the the age of the super team might be coming to a close, which I really, really like. I really like that because the 76ers, same thing. They went and got James Harden, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons, diva of all divas, hasn't played a single game this entire season. It was just announced today he will not play the rest of the season nor the play-in tournament. So they're saying maybe, maybe, not for sure, but maybe if they make the actual playoffs, the Brooklyn Nets, that is, maybe he will then play. So it's just... Something's got to change in the NBA. Something's got to change. We want to see the star players playing, um, but he's a head case, and you know I I don't want to like be callous or cold or uh, you know I guess disrespectful towards mental health issues. But dude, if you're getting paid twenty something million bucks or whatever it is he's getting paid to play basketball and you can't play basketball, that's a problem. You know, and he's he's now filing a lawsuit essentially to try and get the money back from the 76ers that they withheld from him this season. And it's like, 
I just tweeted back when I saw that. I said, heaven help. If he wins even a shred of this case, heaven help us all. Because if you can just say, I'm, I've got some mental health issues and therefore I'm not going to come to work, but you still have to pay me, uh, <laughs> the world's in for a, a world of hurt if that ends up being a precedent that gets set. So I hope that he doesn't see a dime of that money. Um, and I hope he learns a lesson. I hope he toughens up and I hope he goes and plays basketball or he chooses a different career. Take your pick, man. Um, okay. So that's my stuff on the NBA. Let's look at the futures. Um, I love looking at the future, the betting odds that is, um, for the NBA. I'm going to predict before I look at it. I got to think the bucks are going to be favorites over the, even though they're third in the East, I got to think they're going to be favorites along with the Suns. So a rematch of last year. And then for second place in the West, the Grizzlies are in second, but you got to think it's going to be the Warriors that will be highly favored because they've been without Steph for a while and now they're going to get him back. Um, so let's look at, uh, so that's my predictions going into it. NBA Finals, here we go. The Suns and Bucks are the top two. They do have the Nets third and then the uh, Warriors. So I can't believe the Nets are still sitting there with that. That's very interesting. Heat, they're ahead of the Heat, the Celtics, the Sixers. I mean, I guess if you think about it, out of the East, it's like, can the Nets win a seven-game series against those teams? You look at them, it's like, yeah, they, they definitely can. But the truth is they haven't been. You know, I mean, they're 10th they're, they're for a reason. That's where they belong. Uh, 40 and 38. And just the Western Conference is so bad. The Western Conference only has seven teams with winning records, and the Lakers are still 11th. That's how bad they are. Okay, so that's the odds there. Let's look at the Masters, by the way. I'm just very curious if we've got that here. There, they do. Okay, so the Masters betting odds. Let's see if Tiger Woods even makes the list at all here. No, he's he's on there, plus 4,500. So he's down a ways. Um, plus 900 is, uh, is the leader, Ram. And then, uh, where's Jordan Spieth at? He's down away as Brooks Kepka. Interesting. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's sorry, that's my I got distracted there for a second, but that's my bit on the uh, on um, the NBA. So college basketball, I already t- touched on this briefly, but the Coach K thing was just wild to watch, absolutely wild. I'm rooting for UNC tonight. I definitely am rooting for UNC tonight. It's kind of a battle of Roy Williams versus Roy Williams. I've got two close friends of mine who are diehard Jayhawk fans. And so if you're listening to this, um, KJ and Mike, I apologize. I am rooting for the Tar Heels tonight. Um, I just really like North Carolina. I always have, probably because of Michael Jordan. I also love their color, (laughs) as you can see. This wasn't planned, though. Um, But it's kind of like Roy Williams versus Roy Williams. I texted both of them. It's like these are Roy Williams programs. When I think of Kansas basketball, I definitely think of Bill Self, but I definitely think of Roy Williams as well. When I think of North Carolina basketball, I definitely think of Dean Smith, Michael Jordan, Roy Williams. And so these are these are two teams that are going head-to-head that Roy Williams will be split, you know, on, not down the middle. I think I, I texted Mike Easterling, Easterling. I said I think it'll be 60-40. I was really thinking like 70-30, 65-35 in favor of North Carolina. Didn't want to offend him too much, though, being the Jayhawk fan, but he— texted right back he said eh, more like 70 30 so he's right 70 30 Roy Williams will be 70 percent of him will be cheering for North Carolina maybe even closer to 80 percent but we'll see um, but Coach K goes down 
with a loss, the eight seed North Carolina Tar Heels in the championship game. In fact, what's the lowest seed to ever win a title? I think it's a six or a seven seed. What is the lowest uh, or highest? It's can never know how to phrase that. Um, I think I think highest would be better. I'm googling this as we speak. Sorry. What is the highest seed to win March Madness? Here we go. Um, the highest seed to make the Final Four was an 11 seed. We know that. Uh, what's the highest to win it? Eight seed. Eight seed Villanova did it. So this will be this will be tied for the highest seed ever to win the championship. I'm rooting for that. I'm rooting for that. The North Carolina Tar Heels are the real deal. I did not follow college basketball at all this year. I did finish third in my bracket. Um, it was only out of six people, but I still finished third. <laughs> um, so we'll see. I'm excited for the game tonight. Guys, thank you for thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to me ramble about all this stuff. There's so much fun stuff going on. I'm very busy with work, and so I try and get these in as, as much as I can. Please just subscribe when you see it pop up on your YouTube or your Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're subscribing. Please listen. If you like it, share it with friends. Just share the episode itself. Um, I'd love that. Love you guys. Subscribe, and uh, I'll see you next time. I am out. Peace. We got the Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports.